RJ Hampton is headed to New Zealand to play for the Sky City Breakers before he enters the NBA draft. I just think I decided on New Zealand just because of uh, the ownership they had uh, with the team. It's, it's made up of ex-NBA guys, and, and the league is kind of centered around uh, helping uh, young guys get to the NBA and get to their goals. So, I mean, all those factors went into it. I got a question. Like, how was it like playing against those like people you looked up to like for the first time? I think the only time I was like, man, I'm out here. Like, when I played against Kobe, you know what I'm saying? Just like being able to compete, having to guard him, like just trying to figure out which shoulder you're gonna fade over. You know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff. Trying to get buckets on Kobe. Like this is the guy who I studied. Like yeah, you know, I tried to emulate. My rookie year, it was an adjustment just because it feels like everything around you is moving fast. Like the picks are coming faster, guys are coming off, there's off-ball screens, the, the length at the rim is different. Those little things that you get away with, you know, at, at the other levels, you don't get away with the NBA level. We have a special guest in the building today. This is RJ Hampton. And uh, RJ, it's a real pleasure to have you, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, for those who don't know, if you live living under a rock, uh, <laughs> RJ is, uh, is headed to New Zealand and um, to play for the Sky City Breakers. And he will be there for one season before he enters the NBA draft. And um, he had offers from every school in the country, decided uh, to take his talents overseas, specifically to a league that, has been getting much better and has been drawing more and more Americans and into a place in New Zealand where uh, the Australian Basketball League, where his quality of life will be extremely high as well. Uh, CJ, what was your first impression when you heard the news? I had I had followed a little bit from afar, just checking in a lot of the guys uh, in the circuit. You know, having seen Cole Anthony work out, I've kind of asked him about certain players, like, you know, who should I watch? Just because everybody's hoop mixtape is fire. Yeah. So everybody looks like they're league bound. We're just trying to figure out who's nice and who's not. And I just like this pace, you know, his athleticism explosion, be able to get in and out of his moves in the pick and roll. I think there's this highlight that I seen, I was you know, Googling you yesterday, and there's this highlight where you, you go on the fast break and you go in and out, crossover, and you dunk on somebody, try to take a charge, and you, you, you punch on. And I was like, yeah, he got, he's got the elite ath yeah. athleticism and he's still young, which is impressive because, you know, once you start, you know, now that you're not going to college, you got professionals right away that'll help you from a strength conditioning standpoint. So you'll be able to get stronger, you'll be able to really kind of slow the game down. And you know, when I was telling Cole yesterday, it was about Anthony Simons, who came out of IMG. And like his pace from when he came in, when we worked out in September, to his pace in his last game, his first start, our last game of the season. He, he went off. He had 37, yeah. and he played the whole game. It was just like, we tried to slow him down because a lot of younger guys, I'm sure you'll go through this, um, you got extreme explosiveness and, and speed, but you move at 100. I told him, find your 80. And I think that as you get older and, and more mature, like you, once you find your 80, realizing that your 80% is faster than a lot of guys 100. You don't gotta go 100, you go 80 to get by and then you figure out when you need to get to 100. I think that's the difference. But and I was impressed. I seen the interview on Get Up, and I, I like the quote. And it's it's what I told people all the time is, you don't dream about you know winning a college championship. You dream about going to the NBA. And I think you, know, you hit it right on the head. You'll be good enough to do what you're supposed to do and get to the NBA. And I, I think the funniest thing that I've seen you know, from the internet is that you think, you think about going to Kansas. Yeah. Some people were saying that uh, he, he would have got paid the same going to Kansas. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That was good. And you don't have to comment on yeah, that. You don't have to comment on that. But I thought that was hilarious because I had some friends that have gone to, you know, big schools. And I just think it's always funny when uh, when, when outsiders talk about how schools are paying anyway. But. RJ, were you 
Were you nervous at all going into the interview? No, I wasn't nervous. I mean, uh, I had a lot of support from my parents and my close circle. So, I mean, they really told me, uh, just don't be nervous. Just go out there and just, just say what you feel. What What was the process for you to decide knowing that you had – you know, a lot of schools, obviously, that were would have loved to have you. Um, was it hard? I know that Rod said as well, you know, you, you develop these relationships with these coaches. You didn't want to disappoint them. Was it hard to tell them no? I mean, uh, of course, I think it was kind of hard to tell them no, but I think uh, they have a job to do. And, and then if to say if I go to college and I get hurt, it doesn't affect them. It, it affects me. So, I mean, um, at the same time, I know that they would have loved for me to come to their school, but I had to do what's best for me. And what was the process for you as a family making the decision? When did you start thinking about it? It seemed like a few months ago it became realistic. I know Matt Walsh called you guys, and you guys developed a nice relationship, the owner of the Breakers. Um, what was the process of deciding here's a realistic possibility or here's something we can think about to becoming realistic to here's our actually what we want to do? How did that go? I think it was like this is something we want to think about kind of like during my high school season and and that was uh, that was that and then uh, it came kind of realistic after my high school season because I didn't want to worry about college right. or anything during my high school season I was just focused on winning the state championship that was it and um, I think after my high school season then I finally like sat down and tried to decide what I wanted to do and then over like the last month like the past month that's when it was like okay this is this is happening. See, can you imagine you coming out of high school thinking about not only going overseas, but going to New Zealand to play basketball. Like, just put yourself back in, into a, a time machine at 17 years old and imagine that. That would have been crazy. Yeah, I wasn't good enough. Yeah. So, like, that wasn't a real thought process for me. My, You were just happy to have Yeah, offers. I mean, I was just trying to get a few scholarships and get to Division One school. That, that was my objective, and I was trying to figure out if I needed to go to prep school or not because going into my— Going into my junior year, I had no scholarship offers. So you reclassed. So basically, you graduated early. If I would have reclassed and graduated early, I would have been uh, <laughs> playing D3. Yeah, I wouldn't have had any D1 scholarship offers at that point. So I think it's in, impressive, and it just kind of shows your mentality and your family's mentality from a maturity standpoint to put you in that position. And um, I think you have what you have is like 32, 9, and 6 as a, as a junior reclassed. And you know, being a potential top five, top ten pick. I, I think my question is, how did you settle on New Zealand? You know, with I think we talked about it a little, a little offhand. You know, there's a lot of places you could have gone. I think Moutier's going to China. Obviously, there's there's sometimes a disconnect uh, with American players when they first get to China because of the language barrier. Um, there's a lot of great European countries. How did you decide on New Zealand? I just think I decided on New Zealand just because of uh, the ownership they had uh, with the team. It's, it's made up of ex-NBA guys, and, and the league is kind of centered around uh, helping uh, young guys get to the NBA and get to their goals. So, I mean, and it's a beautiful city. So, I mean, all those factors went into, I guess, deciding to go over there. One thing that was talked about on Get Up that we should reiterate is, you know, RJ was an excellent student. I mean, you had 375 GPA, great SATs, you know, all due respect to Emmanuel, he wasn't qualified. He he wouldn't he would have had to miss games. RJ could have played anywhere from an academic standpoint. How important was it, and how how much did you stress um, making sure that you you got uh, through your through your education from from high school standpoint, got good grades, and, and left yourself with options? Uh, I mean, it was always important. My mom would never let me come home with like she'd be mad if I got a B. But, I mean, uh, she was always on me about my grades, and I just knew that, I mean, after basketball, you have to do something. So I'm, I always wanted to have good grades and be able to get into whatever school I, I wanted to get in without basketball. 
when you officially made the decision, how long ago was it? When I officially yeah. made the decision, it was like what, three weeks ago, something like that. Through like officially three weeks ago. At what point did you go from, okay, um, I'm, this is a holy, like a totally different dynamic now. What I'm going to explore to, I'm really, really excited, and I want to, I want to, I just want to go. Uh, probably like around like, like, I would say like the end of April. I was kind of like, eh. yeah. But I mean, like once I like finally like officially made the decision, probably like May. Around my brother's birthday was like May eighth. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm excited to go. Was it was it hard to keep keep it uh, tight lipped? It, it was. I mean, it was it was hard because yeah, like I bet. people was all people were always um like just speculating and and always saying like oh he's going overseas and they would ask me to my face like even when I made the decision I'd be like I mean I don't I mean eh. I don't know yeah but I mean it was hard um but I mean it's finally over so I mean it's, it's whatever now yeah I wonder if you guys will look back at this in five ten years fifteen years and 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 just think about um what a great time it's been like and and this year you're gonna have what are you what are you most looking forward to aside from the basketball element i know your whole family's going to go with you obviously it's an entirely new life experience that you wouldn't have gotten anywhere else yeah probably just to to meet the people to yeah. meet the people in new zealand and uh to see how they live um uh, the different food over there and just just really embrace the culture yeah see did you um you, you talked about rj's pace and um, at what point for you did you realize that you didn't need to go 100 miles an hour all the time and that changing speeds would be is actually how most beneficial for scoring and making plays? I mean, I've always played with pace because I don't have like a crazy Russell Westbrook like north-south type of game. So I've always played yeah. with pace and had to like, you know, change the direction, crossovers. Yeah, I've yeah. always had that. So um, it's been an easier transition for me because I'm not crazy fast but my rookie year it was an adjustment just because it feels like everything around you is moving fast like the picks are coming fast their guys are coming off there's off ball screens the the length at the rim is different like I played in the Patriot League so like I was going to dunk on the center you know what I'm saying now I got to use the floater and, and pick and choose when I can try to get all the way to the rim it's just like those little things that you get away with you know at, at the other levels you don't get away with um at the NBA level I tried to dunk on Nerlens my um Second third year. year. Yeah, Second I or third year. Yeah. I went baseline. I could have did the floater. I looked at him in his eyes, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get him. I cocked it back, and right when I got to the rim, he got the entire ball. Like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's real out here. You know what I mean? You kind of you, no you, you go through that. And the, okay. no, there was no foul involved. It was all ball. So you go through those uh, times where or somebody just destroys you. Like, I, I played against Manu Ginobili, and he scored 14 in a row on me. And I just remember looking up like, dang, I'm coming out. <laughs> and I was, I was out for a while after that. So those little moments, you learn from it. And the pace, I think after your rookie year, like, it's going to be an adjustment. But even when you go to Europe or New Zealand, you, you'll adjust uh, with the pace, the speed of the game, like figuring out most professionals can shoot when you play at a certain level. Some guys on the court can't shoot at all. But there's guys that you think can't shoot, you go to practice and they got wet jumpers, and it's weird to see like everybody can really shoot. They just don't in the game. Yeah, yeah. RJ, what's the biggest, if you had one or two particular skills next year that you look at as most important to develop or hone in on, what, what would you say? Probably be like, uh, full court defense and just like IQ just yeah. like really just making the right play like if that's the score to pass just really making the right play yeah it, it's it stands out aside from your offensive tools that you're going to have the ability to be a, a, a terrific defender um, how, how much 
How, how much emphasis have you have you put on that to this point, the defensive side of the ball? I mean, like growing growing up, like I guess like my dad said, I wouldn't, I didn't play defense. But over <laughs> like the last like two years, he's really like really been on me yeah. about defense. So I've actually taken pride in that. So every time I guard the best player on the court, uh, I mean, it's just it's just something you got to take pride in. It's not like a, I don't think it's kind of a skill. It's just kind of a want. You yeah. just got to want to play defense. You feel like that's see just yeah, the mentality. You look at some of the best defenders uh, in the NBA. It's it's more of a it's more of a want to. Like you look at a Draymond, his versatility, his his uh, demeanor, and how he approaches the game. A lot of it is size, lateral quickness. He's got long arms and that stuff. But I think it's a mentality. You look at Drew Holiday, like tight body, strong core. You know what I mean. So he can yeah. move. He's he's fast enough to get around screens, and he tries. Patrick Beverly, he really tries. Like some guys, it's taking it personal. Like all right, you're not just going to like he's six one on his tiptoes, and he was guarding KD. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's like a all right, I'm checking KD, like going to Doc, telling Doc, like, I got KD, and Doc looking like, all right, is this what you want? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Doc probably was like, is this what you want? All right, yeah. you got him. So like, I would agree that it's a mentality. I think my question for you is, what would you consider a success? You know, I think yeah. every season I kind of set goals for myself and say, like, I'll look at this as a success. Like, if X, Y, Z happens. Sometimes it's individual. Most <laughs> of the time it's if if I do what I'm supposed to do as an individual, we win. So how would you view this upcoming year as a success before the uh, 2020 draft? Yeah, I think um, I think if I just go over there and I, and I play the right way and I play how I know I can play, that we're going to win. So, I mean, I, I would view a success as probably like being one of the best teams in the in the whole league. And then individual-wise, just, I mean, if I'm playing good, I feel like every team I'm on going to play good too. Yeah, no, that's true. I think that's, that's the right mentality and approach to have. Um, some advice for you, you know, playing playing abroad, I would say find some shows that you like on Netflix. Definitely ask your followers about shows on Netflix because you're going to have a lot of free time in between with the time differences. Yeah. Uh, trying to stay up. My brother, he stayed up um, d- during our playoff. And uh, the time the time zone difference was crazy because we were playing, you know, late playoff games in Oklahoma. So he was 5 a.m. watching our game. So uh, find yeah. some Netflix if you want to. If you want to be able to stay awake for the late NBA games, yeah. Also, your whole, your whole family is going to be there. So, this 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 experience as a family is going to bring you guys closer and new experiences that that you'll never would have had. So, um, from an on the court perspective, um, you know, we talked about what you want to grow into. Um, how how much did being in in Dallas and looking at Luka Doncic last year did that? Uh, I know you you said that. He, he opened up some yeah. doors just watching him. No, I definitely played a part because uh, watching him, like, the whole year, I mean, he was one of the most – he was probably the most polished rookie, I think, in my opinion, by his IQ yeah. and his and his skill set. And he never went to college, and he was playing uh, professional ball. I don't know what 14, age. 14, I think, 15. Yeah, he's yeah. been getting paid for a long time. Yeah. He's been in the EuroLeague since he was 16. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, him him being in, in the EuroLeague and coming over to the NBA and really – just being so polished and so skilled, I mean, that's what I really looked at, and, and I liked his game this year. What about his game did you see that you felt like you could do or you wanted to do? I felt like just by the way he the way he moved and like the way he used his eyes and his ball fakes just to move the defense to, to get where he wanted to and then get his teammates open, that's what I feel like I can do. Because, I mean, he was seeing over defenses. He was he was ball faking people just to, just to make a pass for someone to score. So, I mean, that's something I feel like I could do. He's a teenager. He's barely older than you. Um, did it did it make you feel like this is not only possible, but this is probable? Like I I can 
that's what I want to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, like you say he's not that much older than no. me. So I mean, that's that's definitely like a, a goal that I'm trying to get to, and I feel like that is probable. And some, I mean, like, I mean, hey, he's one of the the best rookies in the league, so I feel like I could do that too. He had one of the great rookie years of he all time. Of, he had one of the best rookie seasons ever, on par with Bronze. You, you know, told me both. Yeah, yeah. You told me both on the pod and off that. Uh, again, with you use that word pace with him. Feel is he one of the most impressive young guys you've ever seen? Yeah, and I watched him. So he played against my brother in the league last year. Yeah. So Riyad, my brother played for Ephesus last year. So I watched I watched three games against him. My brother picking him on full court just to in see. In person? No, on oh. on uh, yeah. online. So. And I asked my brother about it, and I was like, yo, this kid is nice. He was like, yeah, he's supposed to be a, a top five pick. I said, what you think about him? He said, he said that he's he's got to get used to the NBA pace, but like his pace, like he doesn't let you speed him up. And you know, in Europe, they're picking up full court. My brother's 6'1", 170, so yeah. he's underneath him picking him up. And he, he kept his composure. He hit big shots, you know, the entire year. Always. Yeah. He was efficient. Like he would score 20 on eight shots, you know what I mean, with six, seven assists. He won the EuroLeague Player of the Year. And you could just see that. The moment was yeah. never too big for him. And to to get 20 points in the EuroLeague game, like, you got to be efficient. Your coach has to trust you because they'd be snapping on you over there. Like, you might start, you might get benched the next game. Especially at that age because yeah, young and, guys don't play as much. And for him to be on Real, which is, like, a legendary. One of the best teams in the world. Yeah. Right. For for young, for young older veterans to defer to a, a 19, 18-year-old, like, you go win the game for us. It kind of showed me, like, oh, he's he's real. And when he came to the United States, it's just like he's used to fire going off in the stands and people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People throwing like yeah, bottle, throwing right, bottles yeah. at you that it's nothing was going to face him. So I, I thought, I said if it, was, if it was a terrible season for him, he'd average 15 and 5. Yeah. And it wasn't a terrible season because he averaged 26. It's interesting. When they were in the Worlds two years ago, he went at Porzingis big time. It was, it was Latvia versus Slovenia and he just kept going at him and and he dunked on him and he was staring him down and i've i've asked scouts and nba people about about you rj and and they say one of the things that stands out is your mentality is just downhill and you're you'll you will you will you want it respectfully but you want to embarrass, you want to go at people and um i i look at a guy like luca the same thing so is it was that part of it too that mentality of just like i'm this is you, you can't check me yeah, I mean, I just I just always have the mentality of just like going at somebody. I mean, and basketball's not supposed to be a, a game of friends. So I mean, uh, you got to go at anybody you see. I don't care if it's my best friend or if it's someone I know. No, I'm gonna go after you the same way. Yeah. See, do you feel like um, with with coming into the uh, if RJ were to come in a year, do you feel like um, I guess the difference from college to playing in New Zealand? What what do you think he gains, and what do you think that he he'll he'll need to address as a rookie. I think one of the things he gains is being an adult a little bit earlier, having more responsibility. I think your parents being there, your family being there will help because you need people around you that have been there from the beginning because there's gonna be a lot of people, as you'll see, who try to jump into the circle. So I think that's important that you have a tight knit group around you and understanding like the day to day life. Like when you go to college, it's not really a job yet. There's other responsibilities. You got to go to class. You got to maintain a certain GPA. Um, you're responsible for doing certain things within the NCAA guidelines. You become a professional. Uh, your job is to perform at a high level every day. Nothing else really matters. Um, your sleep schedule is important. What you eat, obviously, those things are important. But when I was in college, um, I had workouts at you know six or seven, and I had class at eight, ten, or nine, ten. So I was 
you know, going from workouts and then my biggest decision was, do I have time to take a shower or am I going to go to breakfast before I go to class? You know what I'm saying? So like those are the type of decisions I had to make. And then, you know, later on in the semester, you got an exam. So it's, do I study for this exam tonight or do I go to the gym? So I was splitting my time between trying to make the dean's list and trying to get to the league. So there was a little, you know, pull going both ways. I think for you, there's no, you don't have to worry about making the dean's list. It's about becoming the best basketball player you can before the 2020 draft. So I think the the biggest thing I would say is really take advantage of your time and enjoy being a professional. Um, obviously, college is a unique opportunity for you to learn and grow. But if you're only going to be there for six months, I always said it, you're going to be there for six months. What's the point? Costa, uh, who I played with, um, before he before he was drafted, he ended up going to Ohio State. Jose yeah. he, He's Greek, so he was offered a deal from uh, Panathinaikos and Olympiakos. And he asked me what he would do. I said, how long are you going to stay at Ohio State? He said, probably a year. I was like, then what's the point of going? Yeah. I, I would have went to Greece <laughs> for six, six months, yeah. seven months, and then went to the league. So uh, I, I commend the decision you made because it takes it takes someone who's you know willing to sacrifice because now you become an adult now instead of becoming an adult nine months from now. You said that your your dream was never to play college basketball. It was to be a pro. Um, how much has this accelerated for you? I mean, obviously, you're becoming a pro now, but in terms of the NBA dream, how much does this accelerate that in your mind? I mean, I think it's, it's accelerated a lot because, I mean, uh, I go to New Zealand in August, so, I mean, when I get over there, I'm going to start training like a pro. And, I mean, even now, uh, it's, I'm a pro, so I have to act like a pro, and so I think I'll be ready in, in June and in, in May and in April when the pro draft workouts come out and, and all that kind of stuff. Did the rookie wall for you, did, did that happen? I mean, I know you were hurt too. So. I was riding the bench, man. <laughs> it was more like, when, second is, year, then. when is the summertime coming yeah. so I can work on my game? Yeah. Um, the, I, I think there is a rookie wall just because even the rookies that didn't play this year for us a lot, like just asking them how they felt, and they were just like, this season is long, but it yeah. goes fast. And when you're not playing or not in the rotation – so I was hurt for three months. So it was three months of rehab. So I had to change my diet, and they didn't want me. They didn't want my body fat to get over a certain percentage, and I was just struggling. It was, you know, can't eat after 8 p.m., can't eat before 10 a.m. So I'm used to late night eating. So I was just going to sleep early, like, all right, I'm hungry, I'm going to just go to sleep. And that was like my way of fasting during my injury. And when I came back from the injury, it was – the practice days were my game days. And before the game started was my game because I wasn't going to play. So it was more like run the bleachers, lift, one-on-one full court, and you go through that stuff. But it's a it's a long process. And, you know, in, in high school, when you're playing in a traveling circle, you probably play 35, 30, 35 games. And when you become a professional and you're playing one game a week, now you're going through probably two a days. So you'll probably have two practices yeah. a day where one is contact and one is more so shooting. And you'll be surprised at, you know, how much better you get, you know, when you just – every day like it's crazy like the, the jumps you can really? make because the amount of reps you're getting now compared to what you do in high school even if you're working out a lot as a high schooler and as a college person the the, the amount of time you have now is, is 24 hours in a day so if you get up if you if you get shots at 8 right and practices at 10 you already that's normally what you're doing you're in, in a school in a full day in a full in day you go to school or you work yeah. out before school you got practice after your day's over because it's nighttime now I work out before practice, so that's one. That's 250 to 500 makes if I want. I practice with the team. That's just me getting my rhythm and timing down. And then after practice, I get shots. And the, treatment. And treatment. And it's 1 p.m. So it's like you're going to be so <laughs> – like it's crazy. Like I was so bored. I was just like, all right, I'm going to go back to the gym. I'm going to work on floaters for an hour. And I would just do floaters for an hour. 
because I was so bored. And I was like, all right, let's do pull-ups going right for 30 minutes. And then you literally go through that stuff, and you do that for an hour, two hours, and it's 3 p.m. Then you take a nap, and you're like, do I want to go back to the gym and shoot free throws? Do I want to play 2K? Like, that's that's going to be your day breakdown. It's crazy because it's so much time. So I would just say just structure it right, and then you just really you just get reps. And it's, it's like people wonder how you get good. It's like, yo, I just have just, nothing to do. I don't, yeah. I don't have a life. Like, I always tell people I don't have a life. Like, this is it. I do this. I kick it with my girl. Drink your wine. I visit my family, drink wine, Netflix. and then I work out and watch Netflix like all over again. That's my life. When you hear that, RJ, like I can see you smiling. You 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 get excited just knowing that you're going to be able to play. Like, I mean, yeah, day. like basketball's basketball's the best thing in the world. So I mean, getting to play basketball 24 hours a day. I mean, I mean that's great. Did you watch? We talk a lot about Game of Thrones. So do you do you watch that? I don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't. Oh man, I don't think I can get into it. I oh, I think I think it's time. And you're gonna be in New Zealand too. Yeah, that's why I said. I don't it. think I can get into it. It's not like a show. I would. Oh, I don't even know what it's about. What do you it's watch? Honest. What do you watch? Yeah, what do you watch? What shows do I watch? Those I watched All American. That was really good. All American. Oh, I, heard it, I heard that was I heard good. That was good. Yeah, it was really it. good. Yeah, but I, I, it's just like, what, what is it about? CJ? It's <laughs> honestly sci-fi drama. It's thriller. like, it's like Disney World for adults. So there's dragons. There's see when, when you say it like that, it sounds asinine. It sounds crazy. Yeah. Like honestly, when I'm watching it, I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this. Yeah. But it's addicting because you want to figure out what's going to happen at the end. Obviously, they butchered the last. Um, they butchered the last season. They could have done a lot of things better. But the beginning, like the storyline, is that there's like seven kingdoms, six kingdoms or seven. There's six. So yeah. there's six kingdoms, and basically everybody's competing for the throne. So everybody's trying to be like the. The, the dominant king. The dominant king or queen of, of the entire kingdoms, of all the kingdoms. It, it'd be like, you know, everybody competing to be president, essentially, but yeah. with more power because you're killing people. You're doing whatever it takes um, to get to the top. So I think that as a Do king... they have accents? Yeah, great yeah, accents. Great accents. Great accents. Um, there's a lot of uh, strong sexual content at times. Especially early on. Early on, yeah. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of stuff going on. And it's just like, it, it brings you back to your childhood because it's literally like a... A cartoon, but it's real people. Yeah, it's like taking a mountain. It's also cartoon. mountains. There's like 25 foot people. That yeah, are there's like giants. Gigantic. It's like I mean, it's a lot, and it sounds crazy that we're explaining it. Really there's, do. there's dead people walking around. There's dead. There's people that come back from the dead. There's incest. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that happens. And we're like, like, why do I? Why do I enjoy watching this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious, but it's a great show. It's a great show. Like, like, like million, like literally the last episode. Seasons. The season. These, 100 million, 120 million people watched it. million people watched the season finale, I think. Is that the last episode ever? There's yeah, 600 million people in the United States. Yeah. Wow. So, like, 100 million people are, like, feeling how we feel right now. Like, ah, dang, the show ended. It's over. And then, and then you afterward, you were saying that there were memes about Dame or something, and, and Dame didn't watch. What was it? Yeah, so, like, there's all these memes about Dame after they hit the game winner against OKC. And uh, they had Arya... Uh, spoiler, if you ever watch it, Arya ends up killing the Night King. Like, there's a Night King that comes back from the dead. And long story short, Arya, this little girl, who's not little anymore because she's like a 24-year-old Yeah, we, we watched her grow up. We watched her grow up. She kills the Night King, and uh, they they took her face and put it on Dane's face. You know how we jumped I, I saw it. So he doesn't watch Game of Thrones. He was like, I don't get it. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> try to explain the show to him. Like, you should watch it. I might watch it. And he's like, great. I've been saying that. Honestly, None of the Hamptons have watched it. Honestly, my fiance's parents, like we, we tried to explain it to them. They looked at us like we was crazy. And then we started watching it and they was like, 
you know what? Like, we're going to keep watching this because it's just interesting. Like, you want to figure out what happens. Walking Dead. If you like Walking Dead. I think this is like Walking Dead on steroids. Yeah, Walking Dead was my this show. This is Walking Dead on steroids. Walking Dead, but better. NHGH. I don't know if I can yeah. Walking Dead. Walking Dead is sick. If I you love like Walking, Walking Dead, Dead this is way better than Walking Dead. Honestly, like, if you like Walking Dead, you, you will love Game of Thrones. Yeah. So you will be addicted. You will be like, on? I was trying to get home after it's the playoff true. game. Like they trying to do interviews. I'm like, was, I'm like, the, the Game of Thrones starts after. in 90 minutes. Like yeah. I don't have time for this. We're talking oh, about like, it, the, oh, because it was coming on Sundays. Yeah. Oh, what, uh, which, what channel? It was HBO. HBO. Yeah. So we, when we, when we had Game Seven, like we were literally checking the schedule. Yeah. And it would be like the Denver. It'd the be Denver, like, yeah. damn, we play the same time as Game of Thrones. Like that's how we was thinking going into the game. Like ah, like yo, don't tell me nothing. So like telling the media, like don't say nothing. Yeah, and then like. After uh, they beat Denver, I was I like want to talk about the game. He tried to talk about the game. I'm like, bro, Game of Thrones, come on in an hour, bro. I'm like, I'm locked in. Like, I gotta get ready. This is this is your this is your new show. I'm serious. Like, when you go to New Zealand, watch Game of Thrones. Start it from the beginning. I'm watch it started when I get back home. Yeah, you'd be locked in. I'm serious. It starts out slow, but it picks up. Is it on Hulu? I think it's on everything now. Like it's just, you just gotta be locked in. Like you can't be texting during it because you will miss something important. So like I pause it when I text. Like oh, <laughs> that's what I do, especially <laughs> early on. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, I pause it when I text. Are you? Uh, you're like on Instagram, right? I, I just be no. I just be sending back text messages. Really. See, you can't do. I used to do that with this show too. No, you got to pause it. You got to. Because you look in. up and you'd be like, "Wait, what happened?" It's like you're watching game tape. You just. I always miss. ask her questions whenever I whenever I miss stuff. I'll be like, "What happened?" She'd be like, "You should watch it." Serious. I, I've been watching. You watch Billions, right? Billions is great, but I haven't watched the season. So. Oh, okay, I won't tell you yeah. that. Billions is Billions is like about the stock market. Uh, a lot of the a lot of it's shot here in New York. Yeah. Uh, we had Brian Koppelman on the uh, director creator. Yep, and yeah. then Kelly Acorn, who's Dollar Bill. He's yeah. a big Blazer fan, and he's actually in the. In the show, but I'm a big fan of Billions because it's more about the stock market. It's about money, manipulating it, insider trading, like all that stuff. So it's a, it's another dope show to so, watch when you get some free time. Also, Game of Thrones is perfect in New Zealand because that's where they filmed. Um, what was it? Uh, the Hobbit and all those. What was it? Lord of Rings. Because of the building, you got all that the old architecture. Yeah, right? and a lot of the Game of Thrones stuff. You'll you'll be in New Zealand. You'll and you'll like it'll look it. It's perfect. So start watching it when you go home to Dallas. Side note, Kit Harrington, who's one of the main characters yeah, he, in Game I of Thrones, <laughs> the, checked the people rehab. were saying that uh, he, he was checked into rehab. Yeah. Basically, it was just so intense, the filming of everything, and he, he fell into a little bit of depression. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the main characters from Game of Thrones. Actually, you know, besides Danny, he's like the main character. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's... Star in his role. Uh, that's that's actually what happened to to Heath Ledger. We were talking about him earlier. That's what happened to him after the Dark Knight. He was so invested into the role, the, just playing this murderous psychopath, that he ended it. It really affected him, and he ended up taking his own life. Did you see the video when they were reading the scripts, and he had to read the last the the how how it ends? He started crying. He did. No, Kid Harrington. Okay, oh, Harrington. He, they were reading the script. They had video of them all like going I didn't through see the, that. the script readings. I'll text you it. And uh, they were they were reading the ending, and he was like, and he just kind of like started crying, like, dang, this is how it ends. I think the. When you're, it's almost like playing on a team when the season ends. Like you become that character. Yeah. They've been filming for like a decade. Hey, Ledger would lock himself. He would lock himself in a room to become like crazy for the role. They filmed this for a decade. Yeah. This Game of Thrones is like a decade. And they became the characters. They also grew into the characters because a lot of these were young actors. Like they, you can literally see how they they, they change. How yeah. long has Game of Thrones been on TV? Ten years. Since before my or nine years. Nine years. But like yeah. it's usually filmed a year in advance. So they they started airing it in like 2012. 
Yeah, so it probably started filming in 20. So they probably 10. started filming in 2010. How many episodes a season? Wow. It's like 8 to 12. Eight to ten, yeah, 8 yeah. to 12. But How there's, a, there's an episode. An hour, hour and a half. There's an episode that Each HBO, episode? Some, yeah. You got to be locked in, bro. There's That's a, why we're saying it's, it's like a movie. Every episode's like a movie. There's an episode that they filmed and it took 55 days to film it. That's how intense it is. Yeah. It took 55 days yeah. to film one episode? And they had a Star Wars <laughs> And there was a... <laughs> what? Yeah, there was a coffee... There was a coffee cup. We assumed it was a Starbucks cup in one of the episodes, but this is like... This is supposed to take place in like the, medi- the medieval... Medieval. medieval yeah. Well, we don't really know. We, we, we think it's behind us, It's, right? it's yeah. assumed that it's taking place like hundreds of years ago. But we don't know, really, based on how they dress and stuff and yeah. like the way they serve dinner and like it's yeah. just supposed to be like, and there was like a, a coffee cup in one of the scenes and like they're spending so much money on like each episode and stuff, which is funny that they left a, like somebody did, a 2019 coffee cup and like something that's supposed to be back in back the, in the like Starbucks. Starbucks. drinking a latte or something. 500 BC, but they delivering like lattes. And, and it wasn't a Starbucks cup, but the, which was ironic, but everybody, it looked like it. And everybody thought it was. And it generated more money for Starbucks. And they said it was a $2.3 billion free free uh, advertisement. Yeah, just because it was a cup, we assume was Starbucks. They, they made it. And then the scale, the, I think the stock and the the sales jumped like the next week. I, I went and got a latte, you know, in, yeah, in honor of it. was like, oh, I want a latte. <laughs> like, dragons drink, dragon lady drink a latte. I want a latte. Then they tried to figure out what she was drinking, which was a whole other whole thing. More show in a minute, but first, support for Pull Up with CJ McCollum comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website. Choose a template you love and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos with hundreds of intuitive design features. You can tell your story exactly the way you want. Want even more for your website? You can easily start a blog, launch an online store, or create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their websites. Create yours today. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash pull up to get 10% off. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, back to the show. I got a question. Like, when you first came into the NBA, obviously there was, like, there was the stars in the NBA. And, like, now, like, you're one of the stars in the NBA. How was it, like, playing against those, like, those, like people you looked up to, like, for the first time? It's it's a cool experience, man. I think like if you play video games, like being on two K is like always cool. Like you get to play on two K, yeah. see what your rating is gonna be. Like all that stuff is fun. I think seeing people wear your jersey is just like wow. Like these people really went and bought my jersey. Like that's a cool experience. And like having the kids camps where they come out and kids got your jersey on. 
I think all that stuff is just really dope. And it's kind of like, man, life's coming full circle because I was that kid, you know yeah. what I mean, wearing the jersey. I was that kid, you know, playing 2K, uh, playing NBA Live, all that stuff. So I think that's dope. But in terms of the playing, like, I think the only time I was like, man, I'm out here. Like, when I played against Kobe, it was just like, man, I'm playing against Kobe. Like, this is cool. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just like being able to compete against Kobe, like having to guard him, like just trying to figure out which shoulder he's going to fade over, you know what I'm saying? Like all that <laughs> stuff. It's just like, man, like I'm out here really, I'm out here really going going at Kobe. Yeah. Like, trying to trying to get buckets on Kobe. Like this is the guy who I studied. Like, yeah, you know, I tried to emulate from a work ethic standpoint, from a, a you know, determination standpoint, understanding of, you know, what it takes to to be great. Like the air balls he shot, you know, in the playoffs, like his back to back. Like that was my thought process. Like as I'm getting ready for the game, like this is the guy I watched, man. This is this is this is a dope experience for me, and I need to take full advantage of it and make sure, you know, that I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? I, that's how I always, you know, kind of, you know, align myself. And my brother will always say, you know, when when the opportunity comes and you don't take advantage of it, it just means that you wasn't ready. It just means you got to go put more work in, and it's a sign that. You know, you gotta you gotta better prepare yourself for the next time. So, when we lost to the Lakers, or when Ginobili tore me up, or when Jamal, you know, got to go into work and I couldn't stop him, it was like a reminder. Like, yep, you still got stuff you need to improve upon, and that's good. You know, because you're not a finished product. So, I think for you, it'll be dope. You know, you probably got players you looked up to. I grew up in Ohio, so I've known LeBron since I was 12. I played for his AU team, so it, my mentality kind of changed at like 14. Like, I played for him for his team. I've seen him. I've been around him. I knew him. So it was just like he was just another one of the guys, even though he's probably the best player in the league. So I think that kind of changed my mentality. So that the only thing that really shocked me was playing against Kobe the first time and meeting Jordan. Like when I met Mike, I was like, dang, that's Mike. Like I stood in line yeah. for these shoes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that was my mentality. And I was like, I wonder if he knows me. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm like, I'm CJ. He's like, I know who you is. I'm like, oh, Mike knows who <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you go through that phase. Yeah. Like, dang, Mike knows who I am. And then he's like, I'm a fan of your game. And I was like, oh, he's a fan of my game. <laughs> like, I was hyped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think that besides those little moments, like, when you get out there and just hoop, you just, like, you forget about, like, it's just like you're back on the playground. You forget about all that, and you just hoop. And then when you watch the highlights, you're like, dang, I'm really out here busting. <laughs> like, I'm really out here killing. Yeah. Who have you, you know, really looked up to, RJ, growing up? Kobe, for sure. That was definitely my guy. But, you know, he's out the league. So, like, now it's always been, like, Steph. It's Steph Curry. Steph. That's Steph. the guy. Steph from LeBron. Wow. Steph will still be playing for sure when you get to the league. And, and Brian will still be, you know, doing everything. You know, triple doubles. Yeah, bronze my dancing. Was was that your moment then, CJ? The the Michael Jordan moment, right? Michael Jordan. Yeah, that was that was All Star Weekend. I was with my um, fiance, and uh, I was like, "Dang, that's Mike over there." We was at we was at the Jordan party. Like some, I don't even know which All Star it was. It was a great time. He throws some of the best parties you ever go to. By the way, some of the best parties. He knows how to party. Yeah. And um, I think that was Prince might have been there. Like it was, he rest in peace. There was a lot of like. Like, wow, like, I'm really in the league. Like, I'm really out here. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I'm really out here now. You know what I'm saying? Like, too. Mike's smoking a cigar over here. Like, I got the Don Julio yeah. over here. Like, I'm gone. <laughs> like, it was a really good, it was a good time, man. That's great. All right, have, have, have kids come up to you, RJ, and you're at that age now where, like, you have your guys that you look up to, but also the kids that look up to you, right? Like, have you experienced yeah. that? Oh, yeah, all the time with, uh, like, high school games, AU games, just – Instagram DMs, Twitter DMs. So I mean, it's all it's always good. What are they like? What are some of the stuff they ask for? Or say, 
Most of the time, it's like, I'm just a big fan. Please follow back. Please follow back. Or it's like, can I join Can I join Unicorn Fam or just stuff like right. that. So, I mean, Explain to me what Unicorn Fam is. Yeah. I think every young every young hooper has like a... Just Jelly Fam, too. Jelly Fam, grimy season. Yeah. There's like a hashtag something. <laughs> what is Unicorn Fam? So, I mean, like, so do you know Jalen Green? Yeah. 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 So, Jalen yeah. Green, I guess he was in the gym one day. And I guess the coach, the coach of his team was like, "Oh, he's like rare." And he was like, "He's a unicorn." Because like, I was like, "Unicorns? Are, no. they, are they real?" No, they no, 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 they're not. No, real. no not like, real. They're not real no, at all. No. So they say like Giannis is, or we, we've heard uh, Porzingis. Uh, Porzingis, you know. So like, he was like, "Oh, this is a unicorn fam." And this is like right after Jelly Fam was like started, and then we were like the young kids, so we were like, we were probably like freshmen, sophomores. And he was like, bro, do you want to join Unicorn Fam with me? And I was like, <laughs> like I have nothing else better to do. So, I mean, sure. So It sounds me, great. Yeah, it sounds great. I have nothing else better to do. So we started that. And then I think the first thing that really happened, I think Bleach Report put us put us in like like an article. Yeah. And then it kind of just really took off after that. That's funny. Unicorn Fam. Yeah. And, and put it on a T-shirt. It is. I mean, and the logo is like dope. It's like it looks so cool. Yeah. You know? So like um who else is in it? Who who are Me, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Vernon Carey, James Wiseman, Zion Harmon. Those are all the best players. Yeah. Yeah. We got the top Vernon's guys. in Florida. Florida. He's yeah. a lefty, big lefty. Big lefty. Yeah. We got all the top guys. Wow. Huh. And and I feel like you guys are always gonna have that, that unicorn brotherhood then. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know? CJ, do you have anything? What are you? Oh man, I'm just a GOT. GOT. I just moved by myself. I went to a small school, man. There's yeah. not a lot of us. You know, there's a few mid majors out there in the league. I think Jaws next. He's the next mid major guy. That's gonna yeah. be nice. Yeah. Nah, dude, I ain't had no nicknames, man. It was, it was the skinny. I just kid. call you a bucket. It was the skinny kid coming out of a small yeah. school. I just call you a bucket. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. That, that I works. just say like I'm like CJ. He's just a bucket. That works. I don't I know what that. else. It's just simple, and it's just you're a bucket. Yeah. I take that. Yeah. We didn't ask you about the NBA Finals. We got to yeah. ask you about the NBA Finals. Yeah, and then we'll let you go. Yeah. What do you like? Who, who, do, you, who do you like? Raptors, Raptors minus one. What you're going to learn about the uh, professional sports world is that betting is prevalent now. We just can't partake in it, but they show spreads. The Raptors are favored in game one by one point at home. At home. I would I think they're gonna venture to say one. that if I was a betting man, I would. Uh, take the Warriors? Yeah, I would take the Warriors. Yeah. I would take the Warriors too. So I, I have Warriors in six, not knowing exactly what's, what what KD's status is. Think about this for a second. We, we're picking the Warriors in six, and we don't know if KD's going to play. And DeMarcus is questionable. Yeah, I know. I, I got Warriors in five. Warriors in five. Maybe maybe Toronto gets one of those two at home. I think they get one of these two at home for sure. I think the biggest thing will be that when Cuz comes back, you know, offensively, what does that do for them? Like, do they play through him more? Or is he still used as a screener and they kind of ease ease him back in? Because the way Steph is playing right now, um, the mid-screening roles are going to be crucial, especially the last five minutes. I think if he keeps playing the way he's playing, they might go. They might win in four. They might sweep, yeah. Well, it's also, they're asking Kawhi to do so much, but he's already played 100 more minutes than Steph, 66 more minutes than any other Warrior. He's got to be worn out in that leg or whatever it is. is exactly. I wonder if, like, you, you just saw this, but... Steph and Clay are uh, tops of the league in terms of mileage per game in the playoffs. They're second and eighth. You, you're up there too, but they're always running around. So they're going to ask Kawhi to guard Steph, I would imagine, and get thirty. If I was them, I would I wouldn't do that until I had to put Danny Green on him. 
Okay. Put somebody else on and let them chase Kyle Lowry. Let, let Kyle, Kyle's a good defender. Let him chase him around because Kyle's not going to be aggressive until they need him to be aggressive. Kawhi's going to be aggressive for 38 minutes. And then have Pascal on Clay. I would go Danny. I would go Danny on or Norman Clay because yeah. you get because you got size and yeah. he's on, he's just catching and shooting. He's coming off screens, fadeaways. You want somebody to be able to get to contest? You let you let Kyle chase him around. Put his belly on him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> Kyle's got the belly. You know what I'm saying? They put that put that booty on him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it's a lot of energy. And then in the fourth quarter, like the last five minutes, when they're running all those pick and rolls, then you want that length. Right. So you switch. You either put Danny on him or Kawhi. But you don't start the game with Kawhi on him because those possessions, Steph, Steph is constantly running, bro. Like, it's a lot. Like, I was logging like three miles a game in the playoffs. Yeah, he's like 2.7. Clay's 2.8. So you got to log three miles, and then you got a double team coming. You know they're going to they're gonna be trapping. They can't wait for him to come off that pick and roll, and Draymond's in the, in the middle of the paint waiting for you. Like a play. Yeah. So you wait till the last five minutes. I say five minutes or the fourth quarter because he's going to eat regardless. Yeah. The scary part about Cousins, too, is he he's a really good passer. So if he comes back, he can invert the floor, make threes, and pass. It's just yeah, another it's weapon. Just about the shape, though. He ain't played in a long time. Yeah. This is a different type of shape you got to be in. He's going to be hype. Think about it. He's never really played in the playoffs. In the playoff game, no. And no. now he's going to be in the finals? That's true. Energy. See, see Raptors in six. I mean, uh, Warriors in six. Energy going to be on a 10. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors are favored. Yeah. Even though they're underdog in game one, they. I would be very surprised. So, finals MVP, Steph. Finals MVP stuff for sure. This is his first one. This is his first one? Yeah, because KD's been Iggy and Iggy, Iggy got it. And Iggy got Iggy it. Iggy and KD. Right. KD has two? KD has two back to back. He had 40 and he pulled up from the logo at the last one. That was yeah. sick. Yeah. That was, oh, it was nasty. nasty. That was nasty. crazy. And Iggy got the other one. Yeah, Iggy hit like six threes or something like that. Draymond's like plus 1,200. He could win it. MVP. Yeah, but no. no. This is Steph's year. This is Steph's year. This is his year. If KD doesn't play in the first three games, I would imagine they go. They're up two one playing in, in game four in yeah. the Oracle. Three one, three one means series is pretty much over. Yeah. You got three games to win one. Yeah, but we we saw that script before. <laughs> With the one <laughs> too soon? Is it too soon? No, it's not too soon. No, yeah. But uh, LeBron ain't walking through that door. No, yeah, it's not LeBron. Eh, and they know Kyrie out there. Okay, last question for you, and then I'll I'll throw it to RJ. Uh, in this series, who's the best? Who's the best individual defender in the series? Kawhi, probably Draymond, right? Individual, yeah. Like guarding the bar, like total defense, because Draymond's the best helper the game's ever seen. Like he's smart. He knows your plays. He knows how to help. He knows who to help off of. His rotations are sharp. And individual, he can, and he can guard one through five. Kawhi is just like you seen what he was doing. To Giannis, to Giannis, Ben Simmons, like. He's long. He's strong. So strong. Yeah, he's and so he can strong. move. I don't know how much he, like they had. What three days off? Four days off between? Yeah, their last win. Not and, a lot. Not a lot, but it's enough to get like re-energized. Yeah. I would say probably Kawhi. Draymond's a better team defender. Like his team defense is outstanding. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's great. You plug him in any team, he makes him a better defense defensive team. RJ, have you gone up against an elite NBA defender yet? Elite yeah. NBA defender, or who, who's the toughest guy that's that I've played against? Yes. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, definitely. Both sides of the ball. Both yeah. sides of the ball. Top De'Aaron player. fast too. Just because of the speed. Yeah, like Quick I mean, twitch. you go off a screen. You go off a screen. He's already there. Like he's he's getting over fast. I mean, 
He's definitely the fastest player I played against. He's the is he the fastest see in inline inline guy? I don't know if he's the fastest because it's hard to like compare, but that man is fast. Like his his two three dribbles, like he's to the rim. He make like fast people look like slow. Like I've wow. seen him make like someone really fast look really slow. It's like it's like him. Ish Smith. Ish Smith is, Ish is lightning. Yeah, yeah. It's changed the direction. Like it's it's sick in this league though because you'll be like guy will be dribbling like John. Like John will do it. John will be dribbling and they'll call the play. Yeah. And it's sick because you're on the island. Like you're always on the island, but you don't know. Sometimes nobody say nothing. You just sitting there at the top of the key, <laughs> and you might be like, you see him look, and you like shit. And as soon as you look. That changed direction, he gone. He gone. And if they ain't no help, and some of those guys is fast enough to beat the help. And that's when you know you got elite speed. When you take off and you beat the help and you like you taking off and the help is like, ah, too late. How many guys only a select? Not a lot of guys can beat the help. But Dame does it. Dame can beat the you, help. You, you, Fox I've can beat you the do. help. Ish Smith is beating the whole team. His speed is crazy. John when John's in like elite John Walmo, he beating the help or dunking on the help. Yeah. Russ, Russ is just dunking. It yeah. don't matter if you're in the way or not. He's trying to dunk. It's a <laughs> Kyrie. Kyrie, but he's more like, he fin- is, his yeah. finesse is yeah. crazy. His, yeah. his finish in 99. He like he, he like looks forward to the help coming so he can do something crazy. Yeah. He like. <laughs> RJ, feels like you look forward to the help coming too when I watch you. I mean, I like finishing over people if it's a dunk or a layup. Yeah, and, and you have that great, Euro, I've seen you do time and time again. Oh, yeah. On either side, right? Like to go right, left, Euro, though. Right, left, Euro. That's your favorite? Yeah, that's my and favorite. And then you can dunk off the odd foot, right? Yeah. And then, and that's like your, your patented. I just, yeah. You just love it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. All right, well, this man's got a, this man's rolling the. Yeah, we're going to let you go, man. We appreciate you coming yeah, really on the really appreciate you, man. Yeah, real pleasure. Once again, we want to thank RJ Hampton for coming on the pull-up pod. He spent some time here with his family, his mother, his father, his brother, along with his representative from his agency. Great kid, got a very, very bright future. Should be top five, top 10 people in yeah. the 2020 draft. Yeah, appreciate you, RJ. Really appreciate you. We shared some TV shows. We shared some insight into his, de- his decision on why he decided to forego college and go professionally. We also talked about potential with shoe deals, um, what he's going to look to improve upon you know, during this year, and, and what he'll define as a successful year uh, playing for this team in New Zealand. I wish him nothing but the best. Looking forward to getting a jersey as well. Um, Absolutely. That, collection. The, that, that New Zealand Sky City Breakers jersey is going to be a limited edition. It's going to be dope. Uh, once again, we appreciate you coming to the Pull Up Pod. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com backslash Pull Up with CJ or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to Pull Up! up.